Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I got a short message that I want to share with you. Would you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. We're continuing our series, God Did It. God Did It. We believe that he did it because he's already done it. And we speak those things that are not as though they were following scripture. We believe that we're going to see some amazing things. Father, I love you and I thank you. Speak, Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. In layman's term, everything that you see around you has been created, has been made by something that is invisible. Hey, today I want to preach to you from this message, this idea of you're taking notes, and I hope you are. I want you to write this down. Faith follows function. Faith follows function. Father, I love you, and I pray, Lord, that today you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, Lord instruct us teach us lord god and help us lord to continue to build on what we have learned and walk forward lord god in faith lord we love you and we thank you it's in jesus name we pray lord amen and i mean faith follows function i remember um it was my brother-in-law he began to build this house in north carolina waynesville north carolina and it was probably the first time that i've ever been inside of a pre-construction now i want you to understand i've lived in the construction world for a lot of years of my life i was a carpenter for a long time um and i love that work but see i did a lot of commercial stuff in miami florida see georgia's different miami everything is built with concrete and bricks because we got hurricanes in georgia y'all got wood everywhere we because i am georgiaite now we have wood everywhere you see frames go up and it's all wood in miami you get bricks like legit bricks you put some mortar down you put it down and that's how it happens right well i remember walking into my brother's house my brother-in-law's house michael and as i was walking in he was like okay and he had to begin to show me and explain to me because if you've ever been there or have ever seen a construction you walk in it's just wood beams everywhere as a matter of fact if you come to our house right now in our basement we have framed out a room and some other areas that we're kind of creating for the boys down there but when you walk in i have to explain to people when they see these areas okay here's where the toilet is going to go here's where the bathtub here's where the sink is this part right here is a room is that a closet or is it a a, a hallway like what is that so you have to kind of explain to them the different uses when you walk into a place at the very beginning of what it looks like faith follows function it actually derives from this term called form follows function and this is a term that is used in carpentry and building what it means is whatever function this area is going to use, you have to create a frame around it. Like if you're gonna create a bathroom, you're not just gonna create this circular place where you got like a toilet and then there's like two other toilets on the side. That's weird, that's prison, if I'm honest with you. Like, (laughs) you're in the chain gang. You're not gonna do that. Frame, frame, it it has to follow the function. What does this room look like? When I walk in, remember me and my wife, we were, we're, we're trying to figure out what this bathroom is gonna look like and we didn't think things about like from the toilet to the shower, there has to be about two feet. Because if not, your foot will get stuck. Or when you get out the shower, you're like, could you imagine you step in the toilet? Clunk. Oh, there, there has to be a functionality. And that functionality is going to be preceded by some type of a frame or a thought. The same thing happens with our faith. 
See, here's what happened. Last week, we talked about this idea of what is faith. Hebrews chapter 1. It is a substance, something that you can actually, that you can feel, that it guides you, that it changes your character, a substance that it leads you, it makes you do certain things, but it's also something that's tangible. A substance is something that you can hold, and this thing that you can bring close to you now, substance of the things that are hoped for. Hope, we understand, is the positive expected end of a thing, that you're waiting for something to come with a positive result. That is the hope that is inside of you, hopefully. Now, the thing... Whatever that thing is, you wrote two of those things, right? And then it's the evidence of the things that are not seen. Evidence is a legal term. You have a lawyer, prosecutor, a plaintiff, a defendant, and then you have a judge. The evidence is what actually moves the judge to give a verdict. Whether you're vindicated or you're convicted, the evidence that is presented tells the judge you did it or you didn't do it. Now, when we bring our faith to God, that is what the Bible says. Faith is the evidence. It actually shows God and it begins to move the king in your favor. That when you have faith in your life, it starts to do things. And by this, you begin to get a good report. Now, a lot of times you can take these things that I'm saying and you can think that God is this little genie in a bottle. But in reality, this is not the way that it looks like because the good report is always going to bring glory to God. That when people see in your life that you're blessed, that they can always turn to God and say that he did it. So if he has it, man, I wish that I can serve that God. I don't care about what he has. I want to be in love with that creator and it brings glory to God. Today, as we kind of start going into this idea, I want to move away from this thought because it's very dangerous for you to begin to think that you have faith and now you just rub the little lamp and you know what I'm saying? Here it is. You ain't never had a friend like me. That's not who God is. But I don't, want to, I, don't want you to un, I don't want you to go away from the fact that God, if I say this word to some of y'all, it bothers y'all. And I could care less because I'm going to break this paradigm on you. But yo, God wants to bless you. Like I hate that that actually bothers people. They're like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to, the Lord doesn't want to bless. Yes, he wants to bless. Does God want to hurt you? Of course he doesn't want to hurt you. Does God want to provide for you? Yeah, but he doesn't do it you know, all the time. Okay, cool. I get it. He doesn't do it all the time. But the time that he does bless you, like does God want to do that? Is it in his heart for him to give you good gifts, for him to be able to prosper you, for him to be able to do good things in your life? Is that the way? Yeah, but he's sovereign. He does it if he wants to. I get it. I understand that. But does he want to bless you? Yes, he wants to bless you. The entire creation, the reason why we have breath in our lungs is because God took a man, he formed him from the dust of the earth, he made him, he breathed into him, and then he told them, this is for your pleasure. I want you to take it, I want you to build, I want you to manage it, I want you to have a good time. Here is the garden for you to enjoy. And then he brought him a woman, glory to God, for him to enjoy a little bit more. And all the husbands said, amen. amen. And all the single folk are like, what you, don't worry about it. I want to show you something because I want to show it to you scripturally because this can get super wonky because then we start thinking, oh my God, then I can name it, claim it. I can do whatever I want. God, I want a brand new car. Cool. What you going to do with that brand new car? God, I need a hundred million dollars. What you going to do with the hundred million dollars? Because I'm not going to give my child my credit card, my pin number, my bank account. If I know that what I give to that child is going to destroy him and kill him. Oof. Oh, now the faith thing turns a little bit. Now it's no longer so much about you. As much as it is about God doing something through you. Watch this. 
Mark chapter 11, verse 20 through 24. Now in the morning, as they passed by, I want you to give you some context. This is the end of Jesus's earthly life. And Jesus is walking the triumphal entry. He passes by a fruit. Listen to this carefully. He passes by a fruit, which at the season in which it was, it was supposed to bear figs. It was supposed to bear some type of little fruit that you can eat from it, pick at it and eat from it as you go on your journey. But when he saw that fruit or he saw the, 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 the shape of it, the leaves on it, what looked like it should be producing, but it was not producing at that time he turns to it and he curses it and he said no no person shall ever eat from your leaves again and he curses that thing the thing that was supposed to be producing in season but has been sitting on Netflix and didn't produce that time that God created it and God said okay cool well, I'm gonna use something here it goes so he, he walks by again after he has cursed this thing he goes and he makes a u-turn he does everything that he does and then he comes back by around and here's what happens now in the morning as they pass by they saw the fig tree had dried up from the roots and Peter remembering said to him rabbi teacher look the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, watch this. Listen to this. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. That's not Chino giving you some feel good theology. That's from the words of Jesus. What I want you to understand is that last Sunday, we talked about having these two things. And these two things, you got an index card. And for those of you that weren't there, you still can be a part of what we're doing. Go online, listen to the message from last Sunday. I'm not gonna give you an entire recap, but there was an index card where you wrote two things. And then I told you to do two things. I told you to pray about those two things. And I told you to get into the word of God. I'm gonna explain to you why the word of God is so important for this. But I talked to you about those two things to make sure that every day you get up in the morning, put it in front of you. Hopefully, how many of you guys have been to have your index card and have your things that are written? Raise your hand if you have them. Okay, cool. Few of y'all. Amen. So that, that is important in the life. For some of us that didn't do it, you were here and you listened to the message, you're not going to benefit from this because you're allowing your faith to sit as a fig tree that's withering away. For us that we have written some stuff down, myself included, I'm believing that God is going to do some things. I don't think that God is just this person that I come to punch in a ticket and I worship him and I live with him. I believe that God actually wants to do something in my life because he has a purpose and an assignment for me to do. Watch, I'm going to show it to you in just a second. But here it is that we wrote those two things and we believe that those two things are going to actually happen because Jesus told us to do that. It's the faith. It's the substance. We're going to grab these things and we're going to believe it. And we're going to believe that this evidence is going to move God, which is our faith. So here it is. I want you to show you something. I want to show you something. Faith is not necessarily this little lamp that you rub on that God is a genie. Faith is more of a hammer. It's more of a tool that God has given to you. Scripture said what we read earlier by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. By faith, we understand. Faith helps us to be able to see that everything we have around us was created by God. Faith is that thing inside of us that says, yo, God created the heavens and the earth. There's a person, and I read this book um, last week called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And in the way that he explains God, 
I mean, in the way that he refutes so many of the arguments that sometimes have been in my mind, the way that he takes science and, and he, the way that he takes all of these other things that are created in the world and he shows you how God is real. I mean, as a believer for years of my life, I sat there and I was just like, yo, this is crazy. How could you ever deny God? But it's the information. It's the knowledge, right? You don't know that there's a restaurant down the street here that'll blow your socks off. You never went there. But if I went there and I spoke to you about it, then it would create an interest in you. But when you visited that restaurant and you sat down, then you're like, I understand what you mean now. And that's the same thing that happens with our God. To understand how big he is, you have to understand. That understanding comes by faith. Faith is the thing that allows for you to understand that everything that God has created, he did it when he spoke invisible words in the spirit. And those invisible words created everything that we see now that's tangible, that's real, that's a real substance. God did that. The framework of the entire creation was spoken to by God and our faith helps us to say, that's real. I believe it. That's insane for you to be able to think about. And I could take an entire week of explaining to you 24 hours a day and I still wouldn't be able to explain to you how God created everything. But that framework is a tool that God has given us. Because if we understand that the words of God, watch what it says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. I read it again. Bring it up on the screens. By faith, we understand that the worlds, and that word worlds, that's not several different worlds with like aliens. It means I own or I own. And it's the Hebrew word, which means eternity, which means everything that you see here, but all things, everything. So the worlds, the planets, everything was created by God. So here it is. So that the things, the world were framed by the word of God. That the world, everything that you've seen was framed, was put together. Anything that's important to you, you put inside of a frame. Anything that you're trying to protect, you put inside of a frame. You keep it safe. When you take a picture, you know that you put it back. If you don't take that picture correctly, that picture is going to end up all over the place. And the more important that picture is to you, the more you take care of it. For some of us that have collected cards, and whether it's basketball cards or Pokemon cards, whatever it is, the more important that card is, the more you put it inside of a frame and you try to protect it. So look at what God did that he created this whole thing to put us inside of the of a, of a frame because he wanted to protect us because we were valuable to him now the word of God is what created that could it be that the things that we talked about last week are great but could it be that you can actually begin to frame your world with the word of God let me show you what I mean by that that this word this infallible word this real word of God that you can actually begin to use it to start creating what you want to see in your own life our families and unfortunately spiritually mentally morally and as you've seen of late what happened in in Uharley, Texas even physically we're watching as our family unit has come under attack under attack I don't think there has ever been a time where manhood, biblical manhood, men have been attacked and been discredited and pushed to the background more than they have in this season where a man is not even necessary anymore. Where you can preach and you can talk and you can share an entire sermon helping people to understand what it's like for a woman to be in a relationship with a man and the world that we live in now for a woman to think, I don't necessarily need a man. I can take care of my kids. I can take care of myself. I don't need that dude to do anything. And the man who God created us to be has been minimized to such a role that we are now just the helpers. And it's crazy to watch, man. It's this family unit, the women. Yo, I can't imagine the attacks that you're under. I'm not a woman, so I can't, and I'm not even going to try. For some of us, we stay at home and we work our butts off. 
For some of us, we're at work, and then we come home and we work our butts off. Well, y'all work y'all butts off. I can't understand the pressure that you have. But what I can see from afar as I look at media trends, as I look at our life, is that that family unit is starting to get split even more and more. That Satan is trying to invade them. Our children, our relationships, our friendships. I'm watching these things happen. And look at what the Bible says. This is something that you should carry in your heart. How do we frame? How do we protect the thing that's important to us? Psalm 91. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid of the terrors by night, nor the arrows or bullets that fly by day, nor of the pestilence that that walks in the darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right side, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands he shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone you shall tread upon a lion and the cobra the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me therefore I will deliver him I will set him on side because he has known my name he shall call upon me I will answer I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him I will give him long life and satisfy him and show him my salvation these are the words that you need to frame over your family that in the mornings you wake up and you begin to read this there's nothing wrong with you reading the same thing over your family every single day but yo God is saying that he's going to protect us you don't got to pay $7.99 and be a part of my ministry team for you to get this this is the word of God for you this isn't something that I'm just making up this is the word of God for you he our own personal life he frames it if we frame our own personal life and we take the word of God to frame it the Bible says in Psalms 32 8 I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you shall go I will counsel you and my eye and with my eye upon you meaning that I'm going to watch you there's some teachers that tell you what to do and then they walk away and then there's some teachers that teach you and then they watch you develop and God is sitting there and he's watching you he's instructing you in your own personal life man you could frame your life with the word of God where you can understand that God is not only teaching but he's guiding me and then he's not just guiding but but he got his eyes on me if he has his eyes on me then he knows what's ahead of me and he knows what's chasing me God is protecting me. He's surrounding me and covering me. Not only does he frame our life, but I believe that he frames our future. And some of us in here, we struggle with that more than others. I'm a fly off the cuff type dude. I live by faith, idiotic faith sometimes. That's the thing, idiotic faith. Irresponsible faith. I have a wife who's thinking 10 steps ahead. When I bring something to her, I'm like at ground one and she's already 50,000 feet in the air. And she's like, babe, but have you thought about this? And I'm like, I haven't because I'm an idiot. I didn't think about that. Forget about it. I didn't even talk to you. Hey, God bless you. Good morning. How you doing, baby? Because she's smart. God has given her this gift where she understands things and she sees things from afar. For some of us, we struggle with our future because we're thinking, I'm not going to have enough money for that. What if this happens? What if that happens? Look at what the word of God says first. Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't even have to read this for you to quote this thing together. For I know, yo, this is God speaking. I know I got an understanding. I don't need, I understand, I know. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. 
that God is saying my thoughts, the way that I think about you, it's not just necessarily that I see you. It's not that Jeremiah 1.5, it's not that before you were in your mother's womb, I formed you. I put you there. I thought about you before you were ever a thought. But that God is also thinking about your future. That he's also thinking about everything that's going to happen to you. God is not this individual that sits right down the street here in Ackworth and you watch the train go by. And you sit there and you've seen the cars go by and you're like, oh, that's nice graffiti. Like, I wonder what's inside of there. I don't know if you do that. I'm like always wondering, what are they carrying in there? Sometimes dirt, rocks, motorcycles, whatever. But we sit there and we look at it. God is not that individual. God is the individual that he's on top of the entire thing. And he sees the locomotives, the caboose. He sees every single thing from the beginning to the end. He sees it. Of course, when we pray, we're praying and we're believing in this moment. But God is not believing or understanding in this moment. God has tied your birth when you were four years old, when that happened to you, to the day that you die. Everything in the middle, he has it so beautifully orchestrated where God is actually sitting there above and he's thinking about you. Your future is in his hands. He's going to care for you. I have plans not to hurt you, but for peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yo, that's the word of God. If we take this faith, remember? Faith is the thing that understands that. If we take that scripture and we put our faith in it and we say, God, I know that you're going to frame my future. You're going to frame my life. You're going to frame my family. Father, I believe that you got us under your care, your protection. Faith allows for those things to become reality in your life. That if you actually believe them, the substance, I'm going to grab this and I'm going to bring it close. It's not easy, but every day I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to continue to bring it close to me by the word of God. I'm going to have this evidence that's going to move God. God, here, this is my faith. Do what you said you're going to do. The word comes alive in your life. This isn't a feel-good message of me telling you things that God is going to give you because he's a genie. I'm giving you the word. These are solid facts coming from the word of God. But faith, it follows function. Faith follows function. Remember we talked about it last week? That God is a God of multiplication. And how much is one times zero? Thank you. Appreciate that, Jess. You know what I'm saying? She out here. Okay, what's one, what's a hundred times zero? Y'all sounded, y'all were like, zero. <laughs> what's a thousand times zero? Oh, y'all more confident now. Okay, what about a million times zero? If you're in the chat, do me a favor. What's a hundred million times zero. If you're in the chat, do me a favor and put that in there. A hundred million times zero is... So with that thought, faith follows function. If there is no function, what is faith going to follow? So if you prayed about two things, but you have no real plan of using those things, what, what's going to happen? God, I need you to get me out of debt. Cool. God wants to bless you. He wants to get you out of debt. I believe it. But what are you going to do once you're out of debt? I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. Bro, if you need a spare tire, if you're not thinking right now way ahead of the game and you're not already thinking, yo, when I get out of debt, here's what, and listen, let me explain something to you because I don't want to belittle what you're thinking or your mind or your thoughts online or in person. I'm not saying the things that you prayed about. Now, Chino, you're making fun of me because I don't have a plan for it. That's not my hope. My hope and my desire is to teach you right? That's what I'm here every single Sunday to be able to teach you, to give you tools so that you can use, so that you can actually do something. So now the things that you're praying about, what would happen if you actually began to create some framework with those things? Here's where the bathroom's going to go. 
Here's where the living room is going to go. What if you begin to say, yo, once I get out of debt, I'm going to save this much money and this is what I want to be able to do with my family. I no longer want to get in debt. So now what I want to do is that I want to save this much money. Hey, I'm asking for God to reward me and to be able to reestablish my, my thoughts, my relationship, my marriage, my, my friendships, my business. I want to start this brand new thing and I'm asking God to help me. Okay, cool. What's the plan? Because faith is always going to follow function. There has to be something that you're doing. So you create the framework, but then all of a sudden you have to have something there to be actually, to actually do. Faith helps us to understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God. It's a frame that was created. God created the frame in Genesis chapter one, and he told Adam, I'm giving you dominion over this framework. It wasn't everything that was supposed to be because the Bible says that he told him be fruitful and multiply, meaning you got to add this. Now you got to put your drywall up. You got to put your mud on. You got to paint this thing. Hang up your little, your little frame where you want to in your pictures. And I want you to start thinking about it. That's our life. God has given us a framework. I believe that the framework is the word of God, but now you have to begin to fill it up. As we talk about Psalms 91, Yet he who walks, I mean, I'm sorry, he who, who dwells under the, uh, the wings of the Almighty, we shall be covered. A thousand may fall at our left hand, 10,000, but it will never come close to us. We will only see it with our eyes. That's great. But now you got to start feeding that thing. Now you got to start. He who dwells under the shadows of the Almighty, you got to get up under the shadow of the Almighty. You got to spend those early mornings with him. And you know what? It's not just about you spending those early mornings. You got to start dragging some people in those shadows as well. If you want to cover your children and you want to fall up under that word and that framework, you got to start bringing your children in there. Hey, let's start praying together. Hey, let me grab you. I'm telling you, me and my wife, we bought these brand new Bibles and we wrote these little bibliographies inside of them to tell them because we want to start feeding them more and more the word of God. And it's not just about reading that they're not at a stage no more where they're reading the kids app on the Bible no more. We did that. We got all the little diamonds. All my parents know what I'm talking about on the U version one. We got the little diamonds. We did all of that. Now we got to get them the word of God and we're moving them into a space where now their faith is starting to get mature because, yo, they're asking us some crazy, crazy questions. And they're seeing stuff on the news that if this faith thing doesn't belong real and isn't real in their life, they're going to start struggling a lot more. So we want to make sure that we put this word of God. But if you create the framework, you got to fill it in. It's not just about sitting there and saying, okay, God, now I'm good and I'm under your wings and you're protecting me. Yo, there's some work that you have to do. Faith follows function. Watch what the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 26. Here's what I want you to see. God created the framework. He gave us authority to manage it. But watch what it says. James chapter 2, verse 2 through 26. I mean, I'm sorry. James chapter 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. It's important for you to understand this verse. If you're going to take this series in context and not just think, and minimize this series to just God providing for the things that I need. But you understand that there's something inside of you. There's an assignment. There's a call in your life. Then you have to understand that there's some work that you have to do. That when you frame these things and you create a plan, God, here's what I want to do. When you bless me, one of the two things, when you bless me with this, here's what I'm going to do with it. I got a plan because you have an assignment because there's work for us to do. We're no longer living just in a paradise. Our paradise has been broken. Eve sinned against God. In that moment, there was a separation. There had to be a function. There had to be a work that happened. And it was Jesus, his perfect sinless life. He died for us. At that moment, he restored the relationship. But then he gave us. An assignment. He told us, I want you to be my witnesses. 
I want you to go speak about it. I need you to tell people about it because they think that the relationship is still severed. And if you turn on CNN or Fox News, ABC or NBC, whatever side of the spectrum you watch or you get your information from, they're all discrediting God like if he doesn't exist. And I have a restoration that I created this entire framework and a plan for my son to step into the world, for him to be dead, crucified, for him to die, but then for him to resurrect and then for him to give you an assignment. Though that assignment is 2,020 something years old, we still have an assignment. That means that, yo, when I'm praying for stuff, I'm not just praying for God to just give me stuff. I'm not praying, yo, God, give me $100,000 just so I can put it in the bank. I'm not thinking, yo, God, give me $100,000 so I can get a brand new car. I'm thinking, yo, God, give me $100,000 because I want to hire some people because I want to continue to speak the word of God into the lives of other people. Father, give us a building, not just so we have a building so that we can meet and have fellowship. No, because I want a single mom who doesn't have anything around her, any help for her to be able to come, learn how to get food stamps, learn how to get Medicaid, get her job, save her money, be able to start her own business, provide for her family, get on her feet, send her out so that she can make a difference. I don't want a building just to have a building there are things in my own personal life if you're taking the faith message as something to just create things inside of you so that you can stack up your closet with more Jordans or, or stack up your bank account with more zeros you're missing it there's an assignment over your life so when people say yeah 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 but God is not gonna do all that yes he is because he knows when he gives it to me it's gonna be a funnel that I'm gonna bless somebody else with it because he knows the heart that I have inside of me I'm on a mission we're on mission and can I tell you that's not just the pastor bro that's the assignment that is over every single person's life. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Acts chapter 1. And I want you to go be my witnesses from Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and to the ends of the earth. He's given us a commandment. He's given us a mandate. They call it, the, it's called the Great Commission. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's talking about finances, but, but if you take it for a second, it doesn't say well thought of well good going church person it says well done meaning that there is a done that we need to do there is a thing that we have to do that we have movement there's something that God wants to accomplish through us now what if we grab our faith and we start believing God now all of a sudden the scriptures are a little bit different remember I said it a minute ago now the scriptures are a little bit different because when you read things like whatever you ask in my name I shall give to you it changes it a little bit because now hey listen I want you to understand that your entire life should not be just faith fill my needs, but you should live your entire life by faith. That scriptures talks about it. And I want to show it to you in Ephesians. If I can find it here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. I guess I didn't write it on my own. I didn't put it over there, right? The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. We know Romans 1, 16, right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. But then verse 17, it says one term that I think it's important for us to understand. Romans 1, 17, it says, and the, the just shall live by faith. There's something about the moment that I get up in the morning and it's not being dumb. It's not being uh, immature, but that I get up in the morning and I say, God, I'm going to have a great day today. Like, God, I'm going to go to work, and today is going to be a good day. Today, I'm framing my day, and I'm starting to believe, God, you have me. I know my future is in your hands, and Father, I know that today is going to be a good day. I'm going to have, I'm going to have, you're going to 
give me favor. When I walk into this meeting, I'm believing in Jesus' name that there's going to be favor over my life. Father, I believe that today when I go to my lunch break, there's going to be favor. That when you go buy a car that you're praying, Father, I need favor over my life. Lord, give me wisdom. That when you go have that conversation with that person that you don't want to talk to, that you say, God, give me the words. This is what it means for you to live by faith, is that you bring God into every area of your life. Chino, that takes a whole lot of work. Not if you make it practice. Not if you make it practice. Not if it's something over your life that you're continuing to do it. Because now all of a sudden, you're bringing God into every conversation. Now you're at a gas pump. And you're sitting there and you're pumping gas and the Lord is, Father, I thank you, Father God, for everything that you've done. And Father, I thank you that I'm paying $100 for this gas and the devil is a lie, Lord, but I'm grateful that you provided for me. Gratitude and things just start, when you begin to live by faith, stuff starts changing a little bit. Because now all of a sudden when you look at the news and everybody else is living in pandemonium and fear, everybody's worrying about what's coming next, we're all going to die. You understand, I'm not dying. That dying that's what you're scared of like everybody is going to die like we all are going to die greatest message ever <laughs> pay your tithes <laughs> greatest me- we're all gonna you worrying about dying I'm, I'm more afraid of living dead and having no future having no hope having nothing to look at waking up in the morning and having to go to a job again and just do it again and then come home and do it again and then go back and do it again. That's what I'm afraid of. I need purpose. I mean meaning in my life. I want to live my life where I'm actually doing something with what God has given me. I want to be able to wake up in the morning like Jason Peebles. He gets up and there's 400 missionaries that over the last 30, 40 years, 45 years, he's created this organization where now you have people in every country all over the planet and what they're doing is every morning they're getting up and they're preaching the word of God and he's created this space for them to be a part of what I want to get up in the morning and I want to affect that. I want to be the type of person that when I get up in the morning, (laughs) I put my feet on the ground, the devil's like, dang it, he woke up. I want to look, I want the devil to look like LeBron when when Kawhi Leonard jumped in the game and he said some words you ain't supposed to say. I want to be able to create a space where God looks at me. He says, yo, you have followed the function. Your faith has allowed for this to be created. I'm going to just pour more into it. What would happen if the things that you believe in your heart, the things that you're believing God for, if you would submit them to God and you would say, God, I want you to use them. Yo, it changes the game. Tomorrow we're celebrating individuals who said yes to that at whatever cost. Individuals who weren't thinking about, I'm going to die. People who saw bullets flying, individuals dropping next to them. But they had a purpose. They, they, had, a, they had a plan. They had a framework. That they sat down and they, they thought about it. And, Smiat. <laughs> and I'm a, this is what we're gonna do. If this happened, this is what we're gonna do. And, and they're playing games to, to try to figure out what's the less casualties, and they have all of these things, but then there comes a moment now, faith, remember, where they step over the threshold of planning, of preparation, and they get to a place where they have to perform and they have to put their foot and they have to put their lives on the line. And tomorrow we're celebrating individuals who paid the ultimate cost because they did that without worrying about what would happen to them, but worrying what would happen to you. What if you shifted your mindset about the things that you prayed about, the things that you believed in, not only being for you, but being for other people? Now, granted, I know that some of you are praying about family members coming to know the Lord. 
Some of you are praying for God to do intervene in somebody else's life. I'm not minimizing your prayer or making it seem like you're selfish. But what if we grabbed these things and actually submitted them to God and began to say, God, I want you to do something with the things that I'm asking you for. It would change the game. Number one, I think it'll fast pass you to an answer. But beyond fast passing you to an answer, I think God begins to do something inside of you. Because now all of a sudden, the framework, remember what I talked about? Faith, the frame. You begin to walk into a space in your future, tomorrow, your job. Oh, that's the hallway. I thought, I thought that was a bathroom. I, I thought that was the garbage. Because every time I walked into my job, I thought it was garbage. No, this is a mission field that God has me in. Oh, that's my living room. I didn't understand it. I hated this place. I hate everybody. Oh, my marriage. Oh, this is a bedroom. And married people say hallelujah. The whole time you thought it was just a, a garage where you park your car and go inside the house and you didn't pay attention to it. But now all of a sudden you're like, yo, this is, oh, I understand it. Faith is the understanding that the word of God framed everything that we've seen by words that were unseen, that we can actually begin to frame these things. And now it gives us understanding to start walking into spaces. Oh, that person is not just an annoying young person that I don't want to deal with. That's the next evangelist. That's the next missionary. That's the next person that's going to change the entire planet. Faith helps you to understand. It adjusts the lens a little bit where you can start seeing. But it's crazy and I don't want to go away from the idea that when faith follows function and I'm hoping that you're taking your eyes from looking at yourself to looking out. I want you to also look in. And I want you to look at your own personal life. Has faith been following your function and what is your function? Have you been living a life of dysfunction? Have you been allowing your faith to follow this dysfunction? Has your life been in disarray, been a mess? Have you found yourself in a space where these things called Christianity and all of these things that we're telling you, they sound amazing, but you know, if you knew my heart right now, I'm in a, in a bad place. Well, today I want to tell you that there's a way for you to go from dysfunction to function. That you don't have to live in the normality of thinking that the way that it is is the way that it always will be but that you can actually shift that and it happens the bible says in romans chapter 10 verse 9 it says simple in these moments right now where we can confess with our mouth that jesus is lord we pray and then we believe in our heart faith that god has raised them from the dead remember what it talks about the bible says hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 it says faith gives you the understanding that by the word of God, the worlds were framed. So what faith does is something clicks inside of you where it says, yo, I'm, I'm living in dysfunction. I'm far from God. I don't believe in him if I'm honest with you. I'm allowing for my flesh to dictate the pace of my life. And by allowing my flesh, that just doesn't mean sin and fornication and adultery and drugs and that just doesn't mean those things. I'm allowing my flesh through depression, through shame, through anxiety. I'm allowing my flesh to dictate the way that I live my life. My function, my flesh is following my function. Today, you have an opportunity to be able to shift that and allow for faith to begin to follow the function of your life and to change your life. God is not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for you to have it all figured out. He's looking to be able to come and perfect people. So would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second?
Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us 